everyone, how are you? I'm Michaela Graham and this is Nightmare Ranch. Before we get started, I would just like to say thanks for listening. I really appreciate it, even if I'm sure the only people listening are my parents, which is really sad. But anyways, let's get started. This is my first episode, so just to warn you, my thoughts might be a little bit out of order, and despite the fact that I wrote everything down, it might be a little bit confusing. Now, let's get to it. So our first episode is going to be about the Satanic Panic. The whole reason why I'm doing the Satanic Panic is because whenever I was listening to other true crime podcasts, sometimes I got really confused as to what the Satanic Panic was. Now, I might not have everything on the Satanic Panic because it's basically just the brief history of sorts and what it is. It's not going to like get into a whole bunch of cases. It might mention some briefly, but it's not the cases themselves. Okay, let's begin. Most of what the uh, what most of what fueled the panic was not real. Now I'm going to uh, say a few definitions here, just because these uh, words are going to come up a lot, and I'm sure everybody knows what these words mean, but it's the definition in the dictionary, so it gives it a like. Uh, the definition is more accurate, I guess. Sorry about that. Nervous. Anyways, accusation. A charge or claim that someone has done something wrong or illegal. Now, I'm sure everybody knew that, but the word claim is to state or assume that something is the case, typically without providing evidence or proof. So... Now that we've got that the, that down, what is the Satanic Panic? The Satanic Panic is a mass hysteria in the 80s where people believed that a Satanic cult was invading America. Now, the Satanic Panic is one of the most famous and longest media scares in history. It was portrayed at its peak by media depictions of godless teenagers, you know, emo goth kids, because of the music and media uh, consumed and and the basis that if you played songs like Metallica backwards, you would get something satanic out of it. Or with games like Dens of Dragons that quote unquote promoted satanic worship. Sorry if you hear that background noise, I've got siblings. And they're noisy. And I'm doing this in the day because I don't want to be recording while it's nighttime and I'm exhausted. Anywho's. The Satanic Panic was also associated with so-called Satanic Ritual Abuse, a term coined by Nan by the name of Lawrence Pazder. Now, we're going to get a little bit more into him later on when we're going into the history of the Satanic Panic. For now, we're just going to put that name aside. But, you know, just a hint, this dude is a douchebag, and I don't like him. Which led to several high-profile criminal trials in the U.S. and beyond that would be heavily influenced by this hysteria. So this term caused a whole bunch of ooh, crap. Like that, the who thing was that was me shuddering. By the way, I'm really awkward right now. This is my first episode, so I'm sure the audio is going to sound like crap, and I'm going to be really awkward. 
But later on down the road, when I start getting a Patreon up and I get sponsors, I'm gonna start buying new equipment. That's not my phone because it's what I'm using to record right now. Is my my phone, my cellular device. Anywho, a rash of fal false allegations made against daycare centers in the '80s. These allegations were reported as physical or sexual abuse, which would inevitably skyrocket and take a life of their own. Like, whole bunch of crap. I'm telling you. Everyone from police, parents, and counselors would pressure children into talking about what supposedly happened to them. Not a good idea. Like, a really, really bad idea, by the way. Because you know how children are. They'll make things up if they feel like the parents will leave them alone, if the adults will leave them alone. And some of these kids were as two years old when they were being questioned by these adults. And you know how wild children's imaginations are, and I'm sure some of the things that were being said were really suggestive, okay? Then, these accusations started piling on like miles high, like mountains, I'm telling you. These would, kids would start making up stories under coercion about secret tunnels, animal sacrifice, blood rituals, and even cannibalism. So, you get the whole gist of it. Very uncomfortable topic. Ready? And let's not forget. Uh, and let's not forget the West Memphis Three case in the '90s, where three teenagers were falsely accused of the murder of three little boys, based mainly on suspicion and substantial evidence and testimonies. So, yeah, not exactly a good thing. Not at all. At the core, satanic ritual abuse claims relied on overzealous law enforcement, statements from children, and above all, coercion and suggestive interrogations by therapists, police, and prosecutors. Now, a brief overview, overview of the history, okay? Let's do this. Many specialists believe the satanic panic started in Canada. All of this chaos could very well have been, and most definitely is, because of a book. A book. You heard me right. A book. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. A book. Okay, now that we've got that done. The name of this book is Michelle Remembers. It was published November 1st, 1980, right before the satanic panic blew into town. Written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Pastor and his former patient Michelle Smith. See that dickhead's name again? Just saying. Ready? This psychiatrist claims. What a funny word. Claims. I'm sure you remember the meaning. That he helped Michelle recover repressed memories from her early childhood. Memori memories of terrifying events like satanic rituals operating near Victoria, British Columbia. Actually, when I first was going through this and I was listening to other podcasts about the satanic panic so I could put together this podcast episode, I thought the word was bridge instead of British, and I I had to do extra research just to make sure that I wasn't going to say it wrong. So, once again, if you forgot what I was saying, because I started rambling, operating near Victoria, British Columbia. 
there was no evidence and no witnesses to what Michelle said occurred. But Pastor presented this book like a true story. So let me get this straight. This jackass decided, oh, hey, even though there's no evidence, no witnesses, none of that crap, this is real. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? This book was also the first to suggest that satanic underground networks were not only real, but infiltrating communities. So, not only were they saying, oh, hey, this is real, but they're also everywhere, and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> not very happy about that. Anyone could be a Satanist. Your neighbor, your friend, your doctor, or your daycare provider. As you can see, the seeds are starting to be planted. Not very good seeds, but seeds. An idea that stuck with many readers. Pastor and Smith's story became a sensation in what was almost like overnight. They received a publishing deal that paid about $1.2 million in today's money. So, that's a lot of money, if you think about it. Because I'm like sure everybody's like, oh, that's not a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it was like, not 10000 or, like, no. That was stupid. I want to cut that out, but I don't think I should. Okay. It's not $10 million in today's money, but it's still quite a bit of money. And this... This specific deal established Pazder as a sought-after expert in the phenomena of satanic ritual abuse. Once again, a phrase that he coined himself. ZY, not very liked, not at all. Okay. There was even talk of a movie deal. I'm not sure if the movie came out. I'll do more research and get back on that later on. I'll like add it into my second episode if I have the time. Because I really didn't go far into the movie deal because when I was writing this, I was trying to get all of my ideas out and I was really, really pissed. Not gonna lie. And I should probably stop cussing because my parents are gonna be listening to this podcast and that's not a very good idea. Okay. He was actually flowed down for the McMartin preschool trial in Manhattan Beach, California, where seven daycare workers were accused of ritualistically abusing children to be an ex expert in satanic cults. Okay, so a psychiatrist is an expert in satanic cults? Does that make any sense to you? Did he go to school for this? Were there even classes back then for that? Anyways. But he's claiming all these things, and he's like, oh, I'm a satanic cult expert, even though his degree was in psychiatry. I don't even think his degree should have been in psychiatry because of all the crap that led to this afterwards, where he unlocked the memories. Well, quote-unquote, unlocked the memories from the early childhood of Michelle Smith. It's a whole bunch of load, load of crap. And spoiler right now, to this day... They have withdrawn themselves from this book and from this part of their past, but they have never once revoked their statements about satanic cults and satanic ritual abuse. Ever. Not once. 
they may have separated themselves from it, but it's, they never said this wasn't real. I'm sure it's because they'd probably get the shit suit out of them. If they can. I mean, actually, there's the statute of limitations. I'm not sure if that would apply to that, but I really don't know. I'm not even sure it's the, called the statute of limitations. I'm just, you know, winging it, as all wingers do. Okay, I'm gonna See, I'm being awkward now. Okay, let's get to this. So he was flown down for the prosecutions. Now, just three years after writing his and Michelle's book. So this was, this happened just three years after. And you're like, oh, that's a long time. No, it's not a long time. Now, ten years is a long time. Three years is not. Just three years after writing this book, he was all of a sudden was a satanic cult expert. Now, this all happened, this whole prosecution thing happened because a woman accused an employee at her son's daycare of abusing him. The police sent about 200 letters out to families asking parents to question their children. Now, these allegations did not automatically jump on onto Satanism. It actually started out with people just saying things like, mm, this seems a little bit too elaborate, or things like that. And it eventually escalated a lot. And by the time that uh, the, this was going on, when it finally did escalate to a certain point, pro prosecutors tried to convict seven daycare workers, uh, later dropping these charges, but it was already too late because the damage was done. People's reputations were ruined. People's uh, lives were ruined. They were having financial problems. People didn't want to be around them because they thought they were child abusers. So you can imagine just how hard their lives were. Well, you can't really imagine, but you can sort of guess. Anywho. Okay, let me look. Well, this case was also not respectable. And later on, it became more common to see ritual crime in pagan civil seminars led by psychiatrists, church groups, and even cops. Now, I'm not sure anybody you know what paganism is, and I think, I'm not even sure what paganism is, is either. I'm thinking of getting into it, not really sure yet. I'm trying to do more research on the religion itself. So I'm not going to really do much talk of paganism on here until I'm sh sure exactly what it is because I don't want to offend anyone. This is, after all, a religion. And I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable or feel like I am saying things about their religion that aren't true just to be a bitch, okay? I don't want anyone to feel like that. So, but I do know that paganism, for sure, that paganism is not a bad thing, okay? Just like Wicca, I think that's what it's called, is not a bad thing. It's not anything satanic or demon worshipping. I hope not. I think I, my mom, she's, a, she's like a pagan. I think she talked about like worshipping goddess or something, like a moon goddess. I'm not, I'm not sure, but... It's definitely not- a moon goddess is definitely not Satan. Anywho, sorry if I say that a lot. It happens whenever I'm trying to move on 
so you'll hear it every once in a while because I like to get off track, much like I'm doing now. Sorry. In May 1885, the new uh, the new program 20, 20 or it's either that or 20 out of 20. I wasn't around in 1985. And those of you you uh, who were like, can you like find a way to tell me what what the uh, news uh ang thing the news thing he was called the news program? Sorry, because I'm not really sure if it's 2020 or 20 out of 20. I think it's 20 out of 20 because of the slash in the middle. I'm not sure. Anyways, they ran a segment on satanic worship that described animal mutations. Mutil- not mut- mutations, but mutilations. Sorry. Used in, quote-unquote, bizarre rituals. And rock music, quote-unquote, associated with devil worship. Mm-hmm. So, going around full circle here. You hear that? Anyways, the host even outright opened up with the police are skeptical, but clearly there's something going on out there because I'm so good at being aware of the struggles of others and know exactly what's going on with satanic rituals. So let's talk about it. He didn't really say that, but might as well have. So, yeah, he might as well have said that. It's really, really messed up, okay? Really fudging messed up. Hear that, Mom and Dad? I don't cuss too much on here, so you can't ground me, okay? Now, and only near the end of the report did the correspondent uh, by the name of Tom Geriel, sorry I couldn't get the other guy's name, I was really upset when I was reading. Again, sorry, I'm sure my next few episodes will be more organized with details. Now, only at the end of this uh, report did the correspondent, Tom Dariel, once again, sorry, uh, say that the connections between crime and satanic cults will remain speculative. But they didn't go into detail about that. No, they just went into great detail about mutilations of animals and rock music. Which, once again, will come full circle when we're talking about another case. One that I'm going to talk about briefly. Okay? Three, three years later, NBC commissioned its own special hosted by Geraldo Rivera. I think that's how you say it. Who described gruesome crimes and child testimonies of abuse and interviewed Ozzy Osbourne. Almost 20 million homes tuned in. Now, I'm not sure if I said that right. But I tried, so you can't fault me. Ready? Let's see. In April 18, 1985, thousands of angry customers were called, uh, calling the corporate giant Procter and Gamble about leaflets that accused it of using its profits to support devil worship. Okay, guys, I'm sorry if it sounds a little bit choppy around this area of the video. It's because I had to do a whole bunch of editing. It was once again, my, my siblings, they walked in in the room and I was trying to record and started asking me a whole bunch of questions. So I apologize if it's a whole, it's really choppy. I just didn't want a whole bunch of noise in the background and stuff like that. Okay, so I'm going to repeat the last uh, line just in case uh, I accidentally, you know, delete it. But this is... Um, we're going to continue now, okay? Sorry.
I apologize. In April 1985, thousands of angry customers were calling the corporate giant Procter & Gamble about leaflets that accused it of using its profits to support devil worship. False rumors had started years earlier claiming its logo of a bearded man on the moon facing 13 stars was actually a symbol of the devil, even though it referred to the 13 colonies. <laughs> really messed up, by the way, because... How can that be mistaken for devil worship? That makes no sense at all. So the company began a two-year, uh, well, a two-decade campaign to defend its name, going to churches, changing its local and lit logo, and all that crazy stuff. So, like, just because they were accused, they weren't. I don't even think they were charged for it, were they? No, I don't think so. But they just because they were accused. Their reputation was damaged. They were having uh, problems with profit and income. They were having trouble getting customers. And their reputation was damaged for years after, I'm sure. Now, in 1990, a jury acquitted the McMartin Preschool defendants um, on some charges and deadlocked on others, saying it's impossible to determine the truth on a child's testimony, which is mm, chef's kiss. Finally, someone who knows what they're saying. Am I right? I know I'm right, but am I right? Now, a second prosecution ended in mistrial. See, um, late, uh, after that, the prosecutors sort of shut everything down because they were like, I think it's either 15 million or 1.5 million. I know it's a big difference, but that's a lot of money that they were we had, that they were using for these cases, and they 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 couldn't spend any more. I'm guessing. I don't know how these things work. Once again, I'm sure my research will be so much better in the second episode. So I'm sorry for any of you who are ears are offended by my audio. Once again, recording on my phone. I can't help it. Okay. In the end, nearly 200 people were charged with satanic crimes and dozens convicted. Many defendants were eventually freed, sometimes after many years. Now, the reason why I didn't go too much detail about the McMartin Preschool case or the West Memphis Three was because I hope to cover these uh, cases later on. Actually, I already have all the information put together for the West Memphis case. And I'm going to uh, put it all down on paper later on. Uh like, actually, right after I'm done uh, with this episode. Anywho, before we go, I just want to address a few things. So, let's get to it. So, I would like you to know that you are free to email me at nightmareranch82 at gmail.com. If you have any questions or you feel like I missed anything or anything felt a little bit unclear to you, I completely understand and I'd be glad to answer any of your questions. If you'd also like to request any cases, I'd be willing to look through it and see what I can do for you. And maybe I'll even start doing listener tales later on. But if you are going to do that, just make sure to label uh, label exactly what you want. Like in the subject line, put listener tale or question about dot dot dot, like the episode. Say question about the satanic panic episode or case request. I would not mind at all. 
you can visit my Instagram, the Instagram at Nightmare Ranch Podcast. I know, very basic. And if any of you own podcasts and you know how to set up a Patreon, like, let me know because I have no idea what I'm doing and I, I'm, I'm so confused. Because when I first started this, I had no idea I was going to need a platform to start posting all of my videos. So I just put together my platform and that's actually what this episode is being posted on now. I'm also uh, looking for sponsors and things like that. But thank you for listening because it means so much to me that somebody wants to listen to me. And those of you who stuck around even though I sound like a 15-year-old because I am 15, good on you. You won't have to worry about all the angsty crap here because this is a drama-free zone and we're already going to get all keyed up and worked up over these cases and I really don't want to get worked up over my own drama. Because right now, I'm in high school and I'm uh, already stressed as it is because I've just got to start working towards my senior year. Because I'm in ninth grade now, but apparently I have to start thinking about senior year at this moment. Because for me, it was always like a dream. Like, I'm going to be an FBI agent. And now I'm like, oh crap. This isn't just a dream anymore. This is the reality of what I want to do. And if I'm going to do it, I have to work extremely hard. But... Yeah, I guess I'll update you guys on my high school work, too, because I also want to be valedictorian for my senior year when I graduate. So, I've got big dreams and big plans. But anyways, just email me if you have any questions. Check out my Instagram, where I will be posting weekly so that you know exactly what's coming next for each episode. It would be absolutely fantastic. It would make me feel really great if you have any questions or anything like that. Uh, But just remember, this podcast is to inform everyone about dangers of society, uh, the paranormal, and basically crime. This is not to promote pain like I've seen some YouTubers talking about when it comes to true crime podcasts. This is simply to inform. And if you are offended by that, I'm willing to listen uh, to why you might be offended, and I'll even try to help. But if you're rude, uh, rude about things that make you offended, then I will not listen to you, okay? I am not about all that dramatic crap. I'm not going to start a whole war with you online just because you have some sort of problem with me. I am 15, and I have no time for that bullcrap, Okay? Because I'm uh, working really hard in school now. I'm going to be trying for track and band. And I'm also going to be running this podcast. I will not have any time for the little crap. That's also one of the reasons, uh, things I'm going to be talking about is it is towards the end of the year. So I might not be very consistent with episodes at the moment because my end of the year uh, tests are coming up, which means I'm going to be needing to study a lot. And by a lot, I mean a lot, a lot. But thank you for those who are listening. And I hope you have a fantabulous day. Okay? So, work hard, dudes. I guess. I'm being awkward. I'm gonna let you go now. Bye.